You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Let's go. And here we are, folks. Welcome back to Drink and Think with Jack and Dave. It's beer life, sports, and everything in between. We're happy that you're here. If you're just joining us, welcome to the family. We're just going to hang out. We're going to drink some beer. We're going to talk about some sports. We'll throw in a little life there as that happens every day. And something that is happening in our life right now is election season. Yeah, we don't we don't chat about it a lot because, you know, it's usually like kind of downtrodden. And so we usually stick to the sports because that's what we love. But as we're recording, there's a lot of key election results coming in. And so uh, I don't care where you lie, left, right, center, purple, freaking whatever. I just hope that you exercise your ability or at least you acknowledge your ability that you can vote. Um, I think you should vote, but it's also your right not to vote. And, you know, a lot of our good men and women have given our lives for people to have that ability one way or the other. So for those of you that have been following the podcast, both Dak and I uh, served for over a decade. Um, he has One transitioned, is still- but is still serving the military uh, in a different role. And then I'm still in. So uh, it's something near and dear to our hearts. The fact that people acknowledge the rights that they have, and then they can exercise the way that they, those the way that they see fit. But from there, America. it has been a, Crazy week. Two top four go down this week in college football and a crazy week in the NFL. So we got a ton to talk about. Uh, we talked about last week the two big games and we slated them one and two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in reality, they kind of flipped on us. Sure the did. Tennessee Georgia game was was not a, a stunner there. It was a underwhelming. Kind of down. Yep. Very, very underwhelming. Um, we'll get into kind of where we think the top four should be, and we we posted that uh, a couple days ago on our thoughts. But, um, yeah, Tennessee kind of got handled by Georgia. So, I mean, yep. ten- Georgia looked better against Tennessee than they did against Missouri. So, yeah, and it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things. I don't necessarily – I don't know if you – well, you think about it, but I don't think of Athens – when I think of like crazy difficult places to play college football, but Tennessee really struggled. I think they had like seven or eight pre-snap penalties. The crowd was obviously getting into it and Georgia got up and Tennessee honestly looked a little bit uh, shell-shocked. Night and day compared to the rest of their season. Night and day. Tennessee was like, is this the is this the 2019 LSU team? Is this the best offense we've ever seen? Is this a Heisman quality quarterback? And 
yeah, they got they got handled. I don't know how else to say it. Um, but I do not think Tennessee is out. No, and we'll get into this later in the show. We'll talk some playoff scenarios. Everyone can and roll up and put on their tinfoil hat, and we'll try to figure out ways that these obscure teams are going to make it. But uh, I agree. This is kind of one of those opportunities for Tennessee. If they win that game, every every their path is laid out in front of them, right? And it's a way to shake off really a decade and a half, really since Peyton Manning and even really before that, of of really being kind of an obscure football team. And unfortunately, they weren't able to rise to the occasion. But don't worry, Vols fans, because it's not completely over yet. I like to... I like to pull for Tennessee in kind of a weird way because I like to compare them to my team, the Arkansas Razorbacks. And it's like you have a diehard fan base, but you're just not getting it done. I feel like everybody and their mother is a bandwagon Alabama fan. But if you're a Razorback fan or you're a Tennessee volunteer fan, like you are the truth. Like that is your school. You live and die by that because there's not, you know, that not a ton else for you there, but kind of some letdowns. And so they've really peaked here. And then they lost to Georgia. So, you know, huge week next week to get back on track and say, like, hey, that was that was a one-off. We are here to play. We are still going to find our way into the CFP Final Four. Yeah, for sure. And um, like I said, we'll get into that uh, in a little bit. But another, you know, obviously we got to talk about Alabama, LSU. So LSU, which I think both of us kind of wrote off at the beginning of the season, with two bad losses, uh, the Florida State one's growing on them because Florida State has kind of turned a corner there, but two pretty bad losses. And then, you know, kind of getting on track. You know, Brian Kelly, he's dropped the fake-ass, you know, Southern accent, and now he's he's in the game and getting it done at home in Death Valley against uh, against Alabama. You know what else he dropped? that ball sack out of his shorts and it hit the ground. Cause it is massive. That call, dude, I, you and I were texting about it. I was like, and I'm very like, send it, go for it, kick, do a, you know, third and 10 drop kick, go for two statue of Liberty, like send it boy. And, uh, I would have probably not done that. I felt like you had the momentum. You had them backed into a corner go kick the field goal, take it to overtime. You have a good shot at it. But he he pulled it out, boy. They went for it. Miraculous. I mean, it was, it was easy, the best game of the night, maybe thus far in the season. I definitely agree with you. It was it was a very gutsy call. Great game. Great game, great game to see both teams battling. Not a, a ton of mistakes. Obviously, Alabama had some penalties that they would have not liked. But um, – I do think it that one that call, you know, good for Brian Kelly to be able to make that call. However, comma, if he doesn't get it, I think the conversation in Baton Rouge is very, very sharp because I think a lot of people thought the same way that you and I did. Why force the issue? Alabama can barely score a touchdown. They're having to go for it on fourth down. You literally run one play and you're in the end zone. Now, I like the momentum call, but if that doesn't go in, how much heat do you think Brian Kelly gets for that? That's why I love college football, though, 
Like one play changes your the trajectory of your entire season. They're number seven in the country now. LSU is back. Brian Kelly is God in Baton Rouge. And they are pushing, right? Like they they beat Alabama. You know, everybody is fading Ole Miss right now. And so they've got a shot in the West to be that team. You don't get that two-point conversion. You have three losses, and now you're mid. Yeah. So one play changes the trajectory of everything. So I I, I mean I can't I can't imagine how watertight his butthole was. Yeah. During that play call, but hey, good on him, man. Good on him. Couldn't fit a grease still, pin still, through it, that's for sure. And I, for the record, still don't like him. Still don't think he's the guy. No. Just not a fit. Not a fit. Um. Yeah. And what's really gonna hurt some LSU fans is when they go, they make it potentially to the SEC championship game and get absolutely monkey punched in the mouth by a Georgia team that looks very similar to last year's Georgia team, put a clamp on Tennessee and they were not able to shake it. I know we talked about that, but you know, LSU good on you for being able to resurrect your season when a lot of people wrote you off. But I think that the, the, the horizons for Baton Rouge are not as promising as a lot of their fan base thinks right now. Completely agree. Um, and maybe to speak on that would be the line at Arkansas next week. Yeah. It's sitting at a couple. Was it two and two. a half last time yeah. I looked? Two? Yeah. Okay. If you were seven in the nation and you're going against a, let's be honest, mediocre Arkansas team right now, whose secondary just got punched in the mouth again because players being ignorant, you're going to go play Arkansas and you're only favored two and a half? That doesn't that doesn't scream CFP Final Four to me, so at least Vegas doesn't think that. Yeah, yeah, and we can get into that here in a little bit when we look at next week. But another thing, and this was a blessing, I think that all of college, all of college football can take a deep breath in and a sigh of relief. I know Clemson has lost, <laughs> and so now we don't have to worry about some shitty ass Clemson team leaking into the. Final four and getting absolutely demolished. Big 12's like, let's go. ACC is out. We're the we're the odd man in. Let's go. Yeah, Oregon's out there like, I still got a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into it, but thank God. I don't like Notre Dame. I've never liked Notre Dame. Me either. Uh, but thank God that you guys got it done there uh, at home and Gosh, just so glad that Clemson isn't going to be there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't even like let's 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 talk about it. Let's have a little discussion. It was like business was handled. But I think another thing that we can take away from this is Oregon sitting there, who is seven and one against the spread. The only game that they have not covered and covered well was the Georgia game, first game of the season in a neutral site where they got the doors blown off of them by Georgia, that loss is starting to look really, really good. And they have handled business thus far in the PAC 12. So Oregon is kind of licking their chops there as the, the big, the big uh, 12 tries to figure out who's going to be able to come away with the W there. Yeah. And 
and we're almost seeing like tiers, tiers of ability. You have Georgia who beat the brakes off of Oregon, who's now sitting at six. Right. Right. So it's like, and then Georgia who handled Tennessee, who's now sitting at five. So it's like not even close from one to all of you other scrubs. Yeah. And then, you know, getting into the big 10, which has really been the, it's been two teams and then everybody else. So you've got Michigan and Ohio state, both are undefeated. Obviously Michigan has a much better win over Penn state, Ohio state underwhelming in the last couple games. They haven't covered the spread. I think they're, they are sitting right at about like a little over 500 covering against the spread, but out in the West, which we predicted would be a dogfight, we were right. It's a dogfight. We did not predict, however, preseason that this would be a dumpster fire where dogs are fighting inside of the dumpster fire. I, I, that's a, okay. I I was really upset to see Illinois handled. Um, I thought they were going to make their way as the clear uh, Big Ten component. And then, yeah, that was kind of ugly. So, uh, whatever. And it's okay because Illinois is still the number one seed in the Big Ten West. So, yeah, they are still most likely, barring some craziness, going to go to the Big Ten championship game and get the doors beat off of them by either Ohio State or Michigan. Again, tiers. Like, there's a big tier there between one and two and then everyone else. I mean – like you said, Penn State's still ranked, and they've been beaten by both OSU and Michigan. Moving from that, obviously they have now – the College Football Playoff Committee has refined the top four. Uh, we've seen a drop in two big teams that are out and two teams that are in for probably the first time in history ever. There's not two SEC teams in the uh, top four. And now instead of you have two Big Ten teams. So what are your thoughts about the playoff rankings as they stand right now? Yeah, I don't freaking like it. Next question. That's a it's a it's weirdness. You have Michigan and Ohio State sitting two and three, and then you only have Alabama. Oh no, you don't. You don't have Alabama. Right. Uh it's just banana lands, dude. So um, you and I have talked at length about this. We kind of disagree, and I don't know if it's like a fundamental thing that we disagree on and kind of how we value who we value, but I am still high on Tennessee. So I, I think Georgia is the clear one. I don't care where you put two and three. I tend to agree with you. Um, I think Ohio State may be a better – threat and they may have better talent especially when you look at their quarterback but Michigan handled Penn State Ohio State didn't so that's really our only kind of catch point there that we can compare these two programs right I mean then that will obviously change as the season goes on um, especially when they play each other but right now analytically looking like at our stats I think you have to give the nod probably to Michigan just because of who they beat. Honestly, don't care where you put in two and three. They both deserve to be two or three. Right. The big, the big swing is four. 
And so you tend to value the unbeaten schedule. I, hey, I have got it done. I've got it done for almost double-digit weeks. But you haven't played anyone. I like the Tennessee that has five top 25 wins, that has handled business, that was the clear overall number one to almost everybody who lost to a really damn good Georgia team. So I, I'm going to give the nod to Tennessee. I think they should be sitting at four. And I don't think their season's finished. No, I, I certainly don't think their season's finished. And as I keep alluding, we'll get into these college football scenario, playoff scenarios. Um, I do think that TCU is is good at number four because while they haven't necessarily played the most difficult competition ever, um, they have done their job and they have in a power five conference, they're undefeated. And I think you have to, you have to show favor to that until it's no longer valued or valid. So winning at Kansas state is a big win. That's probably their best win. So I'm okay with them being at number four, understanding that they're going to either strengthen their resume by beating, uh, Texas later, which I know you're high on, and we'll get into that. Jeez. But that will make them their resume better, or maybe they fall off, Texas gets it done, and then we're going to see more shenanigans from the Texas lovers that sit in the college football playoff committee. Okay, okay. So not a power five, but a relatively good comparison. You value that strength of schedule on some on a team who really hasn't played that many great ball games, then why in the Sam Hill – are the Liberty Flames not in the top 25? And that's where I don't understand it, right? So Liberty uh, gets a win against Arkansas this week. Um, <laughs> and that was at Arkansas, correct? Correct. I mean, that's a tough place to play. I mean, you're saying the number six team in the nation in LSU going to Arkansas is only favored by two points. And yet this team that's one that's eight and one at their only loss against another ranked Wake Forest team in overtime. When they when they went for two and didn't get it. Yeah. Right. What it you know, be what it may, what you think of Hugh Freeze. I think Liberty absolutely belongs in here. And I think this is just the college football playoff having this kind of hangover of there can only be one group of five team in there. We can't put more than one group of five team in the college football playoff. And I think they honestly you know, someone needs to slam their head in the door and say, hey, guess what? Um, why don't you just look at this? You know, take the money that you're getting paid from the Texas boosters aside and just look at it with open eyes and just say, hey, what's the better team here? I mean, you see my comparison, right? You have a Tennessee yeah. team that's beaten five top 25 teams that gets dropped under TCU, who's undefeated in the Big Big 12. Yes. Versus a Liberty team who's a one-loss team who their only loss is to a ranked opponent who just beat an SEC team. I mean, it does it like I'm all for like, hey, if this is the standard, that's the standard. We don't deviate from the standard. But I feel yeah. like this is this is black and white here and you have to be on the same page. And Liberty should be ranked. And it makes me also look like a jackass because I said the winner of this battle will be ranked next week and well clearly arkansas is not but tenant uh liberty's not all either 
Well, if you're looking at the AP top 25, Liberty has gone up. They're, they're in the AP top 25 still, and they've moved up. But yeah, college football playoff, for whatever reason, hasn't ranked them. Um, but, you know, let's get into some of the other stuff that's going on within the college football playoff and um, some other teams and, and some arguments here. So LSU at seven and two with a loss to, you know, two really not good losses, right? So we lost to Florida State. All right, one and a half. Yeah. Seven after beating an Alabama team that had already been beaten. I don't know. I think, do you think that's a little high? Do you think that, you know, there's other teams like Ole Miss only has one loss in the SEC and they're sitting outside the top 10. You've got another ACC team in North Carolina that has some some decent wins. They're eight and one. They're at you know sitting down there at fifteen. So do you think maybe LSU's win over Alabama is a little bit prejudiced because we're thinking Alabama of yesteryear, not the Alabama of this year? Of course, and and I've talked so many times about how we fall back on that past thing that keeps creeping up on us. Okay, so we kind of already hit on our CFP top four week two, who we think should sneak in. If you haven't heard that bit, go check out the uh, the Instagram. I want to hit you with some scenarios, though. So end of the year, it's weird that we don't have the classic SEC teams vying for the spots. I want to hit you with this. LSU wins out. They're a two-loss okay. team. So... Alabama's out. Ole Miss is out. LSU's the clear West winner. They go play a, they go play an undefeated Georgia team. Okay. Okay. Now Paul's there. Let's move to the Big Ten. You've got Ohio State and Michigan who are going to go undefeated until they play each other. Let's assume that in the Big Ten you have a one loss and an undefeated team. Okay. And then let's assume that TCU wins out. Okay. So you've got a Big 12 team that is undefeated. Back to the SEC, we have an LSU team that beats Georgia. So now okay. you have a one-loss Georgia that is not an SEC champion. Conference champion, yeah. Yep. You have an LSU team that is a two-loss team, but the SEC champion. Then you have the two Big 10 teams sitting there, and then you have an undefeated Big 12 team and TCU who sneaks in that's deep that's deep no I like it uh obviously so I'll say Michigan wins out uh I so let's say Michigan is undefeated so they're take number one uh number two will be uh LSU because they just they're you know it's the bias of the most recent game so they just won beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, they go to number two. And then I think Georgia goes to number <laughs> three and TCU stays at number four. And then those are your top four. So that would be Michigan, LSU, Georgia, TCU. So you don't get a Georgia LSU rematch. Uh, no, you would. Sorry. So reverse, reverse that. So it would be, it would be number one, Michigan, 
number two, LSU, number three, TCU, number four, Georgia. So Georgia plays Michigan in the first round and LSU plays um, TCU. I just, I, I don't know. I don't buy it. So you think an Ohio State team that has been dominant all year, has handled business, looked fine, whatever, but loses in the Big Ten championship, gets snubbed. Now, the there's a huge thing on, like, who we think should be there. Like, the, the, the sniff test, like, this is the better team, but then you fall back on the record, right? So, I just I just don't think this is this is the nightmare scenario for whoever loses the Michigan Ohio State rivalry because you can't say take out Georgia because they've handled everything they lost one game in the conference championship but at the same time you've got a two loss LSU who as we know the committee tends to forget about early losses who just beat the number one team in the country after beating the number four team or whatever Alabama was last week. So LSU already beat Ole Miss. So there's no way you can snub that team. And then obviously you can't snub an undefeated big 12 team because it's a, it's a, it's a power five conference. So I think absolutely that's where you go. And then you see the Tennessee's the or pack 12 champ Oregon or, or USC they just look out and from the outside and they're like, damn, I wish I didn't lose that game. Yeah, come on, 12 teams. We need it. Now, yeah. I mean, I, I would not want to be a, a committee member looking at that scenario. That is so rough. Um, now, granted, I don't think we're going to see that, but that would be – yeah, you're right. That's like a doomsday recipe right there. So, Yeah, so let me hit you with a scenario. Okay, so um, – Georgia wins out. Um, LSU wins out. Georgia wins the SEC championship game. So you've got a a 12-0 Georgia. Tennessee also wins out. So their only loss is in Athens. You've got TCU that's undefeated, and you've got Michigan that's undefeated. And you've got Oregon who also wins out. So you've got Tennessee and Oregon with the same record. You got Ohio TCU State undefeated in that scenario, then, and Ohio State with the same record, and you got Michigan undefeated. So it's a clear number one, number two. So Georgia, Michigan, but who fills three and four? Unfortunately, I think if you look at past committee choices, Notre Dame, they're going to favor the record. So I don't think you can snub a TCU team that's undefeated. Now, I don't right. necessarily agree with that. They may not be the better football team. They may not be the the top four quality team in the country, but they get in. And we've right. seen that time and time again. So that's three. So where do you feel four? That's oof. That's really tough. That's a good scenario because you're looking at a you're looking at two teams, right? So unfortunately, I think. OSU probably does not sneak in. Really? Okay. Yep. And here's why. I think you have a Heisman candidate guy. They're all over CJ Stroud. Like, cool. But their strength of schedule is not great. Right? So now you're looking at an Oregon versus a Tennessee who are both one-loss teams who both lost to the same team. Right. In Georgia. Now, biasly, I would say – 
you tend to look at the SEC's battle and the SEC caliber teams, and you may give the nod to Tennessee. They've beaten five top 25 teams early on in the season. They continue to dominate. They've, you know, got – and maybe that's it. How dominant was Oregon versus Tennessee going into that? Did they just handle business every week? Bo Nix has looked damn good. Like, hey, hey yeah. now is he is he is he a Heisman candidate guy? Is he in the talk? You know, we neither one of us were high on Bo Nix, but they're they're doing what needs to be done. Same in Hendon Hooker. So, um, I I guess uh, bottom line up front here, I would probably give the nod to Tennessee just because it's an SEC team. But that is also a doomsday scenario. That that would be freaking bananas. What I mean, what do you think? So here's here's my counter. I saw your face like you do not agree with what I just said. No, I don't. And I don't me. I don't agree with you not because I I disagree with your logic. But the we know that the playoff committee hates rematches. They hate scheduling the game that's already been played. They want to see the game that hasn't been played yet. So Oregon and Tennessee despite Oregon being a despite Oregon being a conference champ, despite Tennessee losing on an away game will give Ohio State the nod with only losing no to Michigan. Way. And so Ohio State makes it in at number four only because no they way. don't want to see another Oregon, Georgia. They want to see Ohio State, Georgia. I don't agree. I don't disagree with that logic. However, you're a one loss team, not a conference champion, and you did not lose to the number one team in the country. Yes. No, Noted. I, Noted. I, 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 I'm, I with Come you. Come on, but twelve I, team playoff. I just think that the they're like we don't want to see this. We've already seen this before. Let's give Ohio State. And to your point, C.J. Stroud, who is a, a who they want, who will be in New York, no matter what, they will want to see him in the playoff because he will be a Heisman finalist. He's a favorite right now, but he'll definitely be a finalist. Which I just hate, like put the best four teams in there. I don't care what conference you play in. I don't care what your, you know, track record was. Like look at the stats, look at who you played, strength of schedule. Who are the best four teams? That should be your thought process going into every committee selection, right? Yeah. But I don't disagree that some wild shit has happened, Notre Dame. Um Oh, I can't wait for this season. It's 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 crazy. All right, so let's transition from there and let's look at what's going on next week because we do have some big games that are happening this upcoming week that will uh, definitely tell the tale for how this all shakes out. So starting with LSU traveling to Arkansas, tough place to play. LSU only laying two and a half points uh, in Fayetteville. Now, I I typically don't fade my boys here. I'm a ride or die guy. Um, I've been saying maybe early on, I, I do think KJ's the guy, but I do not think Arkansas is the team that we think they are. We've lost some some bad games, and our secondary is absolute ass. And it's only going to get worse as the season continues. I've already placed my bet. Oh, it hurts me to say this for LSU to be over two and a half. 
I don't I don't think that this is the game we want it to be. Yeah, I agree. The the only the only potential I think for for LSU here is you know coming off of such a high that maybe they're they come out sluggish and Arkansas can really throw some punches and keep it close. But yeah, this is in an earlier part of the season, this would be a closer game, maybe even see Arkansas favored. But now I agree. I think LSU is probably the play. Let me tell you this. Bottom line, this is kind of how I feel about the Arkansas team. The defense, linebackers are great. Secondary is terrible, right? So if you can score on Arkansas quick, you put the ball back into Arkansas's offense hands. Arkansas's offense is not bad. We've got the leading rusher in the SEC in Rocket Sanders. KJ is a good quarterback. He's got the number two QBR in the SEC right now. But we are not a fast-paced team. We are not scoring right. in eight seconds like Tennessee, right? And so if they put points on the board quick and then it takes us eight minutes to put seven on the board, that's a recipe for disaster. Yes. I mean, it's a, it's a tough spot to, to, uh, to put Arkansas in. And we'll see. We'll see if they can hang tough. But I agree that's a a difficult ask for a team that's that's hurting against a really high-powered offense that's feeling itself. Well, let's just really mix things up here. Arkansas beats LSU, and then let's roll into Alabama beating Ole Miss because that's a 230 kick, and that, I mean, that's a big game between Kiffin and Saban. Yeah, Alabama favored by over uh, to, by over eleven points, I believe. So um, that could just really blow the West apart. So that's that's obviously a big game. I think Alabama. So they're at uh, Ole Miss two thirty kick. I think LSU showed us who Ole Miss is, and then you follow that up with a really bad Texas A and M team, which hurts me to say, hurts my heart. Like last week, I sh- could have really told. The- I could have told the fam that, like, drink and think nation, you should probably take Florida. Um, like really A&M, bad. A&M goes out there, scores 27 points in the first half. We're like, holy shit, maybe we got an offense. And then we score nary a point in the second half and lose. But, you know, like, holds it within four to Ole Miss. So. Hey, they're, like, really bad. Yeah, no, I and going back to your earlier point about one play changing the course of your season, right? AM in Tuscaloosa, the final play untimed down on the two and a half. They get it done against Alabama. Maybe then maybe they get done against Ole Miss, get done against Florida, and they're actually like a decent, they're sitting at, you know, with four losses or three losses instead of sitting right now where they have to win out to even make a bowl game. But, you know, I'll save that for me and my, you know, you know, whatever self-punishment I give myself after this episode. Yeah, tears, but Tears and righty in the closet. Uh, yeah. Moving on, there's two more games I want to talk about, and um, I'll save a lot of my details for the, the pick of the week, but I want to get into TCU and Texas. Yeah, this one is... I think this one honestly shows the bias of it's pretty bad. As as we've said, like you've now you've got on it you so you've got a five and three Texas team. Or excuse me, 
a six and three Texas team, but they've won four of their last five. And they had a good win at Kansas State last week. But to favor them by a touchdown at home against an undefeated TCU team, it is just, it's too much. I mean, an, an undefeated TCU team that you think is number four in the country. And we're going to favor Texas by a touchdown. I can tell you right now on all the betting sites that I've looked at, TCU tickets are at least, at least over two thirds of the ticket number, huge public favorite, and two thirds of the money is on them. So the sharps are on them here. This this is not a good look for for Texas because I uh, honestly, I mean, so what? So he, here's here's the real thing that gets me. Okay, so let's say Texas pulls out a close one. Let's say they win when they're barely win when they're a seven point favorite. Congratulations, you still have three losses. Guess what? TCU has one. They're still going to go to the Big Twelve Championship game. It literally does fucking nothing. So by propping up this like line, like Texas will not go to the Big Twelve Championship. There's no way. They've got three losses. Sorry, I, I just I don't I don't get it. But uh, hopefully. Um, you know, betting on TCU here. Hopefully, this is a pretty easy score for old Drink Think Nation. I think you should take TCU and maybe maybe think about the over. Yeah, I mean, well, to kind of cats out of the bag here, my my pick of the week is that TCU will cover, which is weird to say. Number four TCU will cover number eighteen Texas, but I I tend to don't like I tend to not like betting these high profile games because you know. Shit can go south any second. Hence my loss last week on my uh, my Tennessee ride. But I it, there's just zero chance in my mind that Tennessee upsets TC. I mean, a touchdown, hell, dude, give them money line. Like yeah, yeah, you're 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 riding the quarterback's coattails here, and and if they really think, and let me let me say this, is it that? TCU is four because they're undefeated in a power five or they're the better team. We just talked about it at length, like put the better team at the higher rank end of story. So if, if Texas is favored by a touchdown, why should they, are they a better football program? Then if so, they should be ranked higher end of story. Yeah. And I, I think this is, again, this is the recency bias of the college football playoff. I mean, you could get. I'm just looked it up. TCU money line plus two ten. So you're uh, doubling I'm your gonna money. I'm going to put money on that. I'm going to put you're, money you're, on that. You're doubling your money and then some to take TCU money line. I think it's a reliance on Quinn Ewers and Bijan yeah, Robinson. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Bijan Robinson is the real deal. Fantastic running back. I think he just surpassed Vince Young on like yards rushed. Like fantastic running back. But Max Duggan is a great quarterback. TCU's defense isn't terrible. Like, I don't know. It just, to me, it's too much. It's a road game, but it's not in a college town. You know, yes, there will be a lot of people there, but it's not like it's not the ruckus atmosphere that you expect. TCU probably gets it done. And you're right. The line just doesn't support what the committee has obviously said is the better team. Yep. 
And then obviously the, the CFP committee and Vegas are two different entities, but I feel like those should marry a little better than what we're seeing this week. So, all right, moving on to the last game, let's chat about the old Tar Hills and the Demon Deacons. Yeah. So tough place for Wake Forest. Um, obviously um, you've got UNC sitting there at eight and one. Uh, they saw Clemson lose. So they kind of got, that, that glimmer in their eye. Wake is a tough place to play. They can score points. Um, so it's it's definitely a, a difficult choice between the two of them. What's your lean? Yeah, I saw a thing on Instagram the other day that said, like, you know, with plays like this from the ACC, no wonder there's so many teams ranked in the top 25. And I commented, and was like, yeah, for now. And the dude was like, well, what do you mean? And I don't bicker on Instagram because I'm not a child. Well, I am a child, but I'm not an idiot. And this is why I think uh, the loser of this game probably takes a back seat for the rest of the season. So I'm just happy to see the real deal show up and we'll see who's the better ACC team here between uh, UNC and Wake. I was just saying, going back to your, your point earlier about lines that don't mean anything, if the rankings mean something, right? If UNC at eight and one means something, then why is Wake Forest favored by three and a half at home? Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. So if if North Carolina is the real deal, if they're number fifteen, they're eight and one, they've got a chance. Why is Wake Forest weighted favored at three and a half? Um, maybe the and now this is maybe this is the play. Just throw a couple bucks on it and see what happens. The total, the total is seventy six and a half right now. So you're thinking Bam. 11 touchdowns. <laughs> Throw a couple bucks on it and let's let it ride, baby. Let's see a total get up to the 90. Maybe, hell, maybe we can see another SMU score where 100, no kidding, 130 points were scored in that game. SMU's quarterback getting nine touchdowns, uh, the first to do it since Lamar Jackson. Uh, crazy numbers, uh, but maybe throw a couple bucks on that 76. I will give you another interesting play. And this is for the group of five fans out there. Tulane, Central Florida at home. So UCF at home for Tulane. We know that Tulane, so they're sitting there in the college football playoff. They're, they're, they're interesting. They've got one loss. They've been great. Eight and one against a spread. Now they're bringing in a UCF. If, if Tulane could come up with a really good win here, we're going to start seeing that rise, right? That they're going to they're going to kind of push up and it's going to be they're not undefeated but maybe a maybe a holiday like big 6 type bowl for a group of 5 team, which I think is great. I just I just can't buy it. I feel like and good for them, six, ranked 16 and 22. Um I feel like this is one of those upsetters where I'm going to rely on experience and I'm going to put money on a proven coach that has done pretty well in the SEC. And I'm going to, I'm going to fall back on, on the old Gus, but uh, I, mean, I agree with you. Like good, good for them for being both ranked and, and having the hell of a football teams. Uh, sharp play does tend to be on UCF here. Um, yeah. So you, you might, you might be right. I would, I would, never call you a sharp in college football betting and i don't think your you bank shouldn't. account would either no however uh it's a good pick there i think 
All right. As most of you know, here on Drink and Think, uh, we like beer, we like life, and we like sports. So, Dak, take us through what beer you're looking at this week. Yeah. So this is from old Dak's Kitchen. I haven't talked about a homebrew in a while. And so I uh, finally got back to brew. And I have an English-style honey ale for you, uh, dubbed Oh Behave. So oh, I love nice. puns. Okay. I love yep. puns. And so I had to throw that in there. And it's, you know, O with a B-E-E. So, um, you know, this is like a, a very classic English style ale, but it's got that that kick to the honey. So this is like a perfect fall beer. Comes in at 6.8%. Not syrupy, but thin enough to where you want it a little chilly outside when you're drinking it. So it just kind of warms the soul up a little bit. So show it to you here real quick. That's Maybe. good color. It is. It's good. It's, it's that it's a deeper very amber to, than I expected. Yep, gold yeah. to bronze. Yeah, exactly. So, um, lightly hopped, kind of sweet. Got a little something behind it. So, huge fan. I think it's a win. So happy to be brewing again. Honestly, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks good. Um, I do not have my own beer because, unlike you, I don't quite have the uh, abilities of brewing. But I am rocking at Dale's Pale yes. Ale. From Oscar Brewery or Oscar Blues Brewery. Oscar. Uh, Oscar. 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 We're not quite sure. But Oscar, you can brew some pretty good beer. So Dale's Pale Ale, a good classic pale ale. I like it. So anything else with the uh anything else with college football, or sh- shall we transition from the it's been the same song every week? Like we've got so many good college football games lined up. And then as we transition to the NFL, oh, God, it's, it's you know, the dumpster fire that never ends. You can't wait to watch the Falcons and the Panthers. That's just going to be studly. But, yeah, before we get into next week, I know we've been talking for like 16 hours, it feels like, uh, but I've enjoyed every minute. I want to talk about – we've had some big stats last week. Um Lamar Jackson is now fifth all-time rushing yards as a quarterback. I feel like the dude's been playing for just a handful of years. Like, good for you, dude. That is – there were some hefty names up there, and he's on the list now. Yeah. Um, talk about a guy that has been just systemically underrated his entire career. You know, at Louisville, put up just banana numbers, just an absolute – you know, joystick freak show and can pass. He and for a Ravens team that is struggling with injuries, put him on his back. Let's get it done type guy. Let me tell you what if the Ravens don't come out and pay every red fucking cent that they have in the bank account to keep this guy, they are absolutely insane because. No matter where he goes, he will be a winner. And I am pulling for him to get a Super Bowl at one point just because he's been so overlooked for so long. I like Lamar, and I like him more every week. I also like dudes that I feel like are good dudes. And I feel like Lamar is a good dude. Let me tell you, like, I watched him knock somebody down that was, like, holding the camera the other day, and his mind wasn't on – you know, screw that guy, get back to the huddle. Like he went over, picked him up, gave him a dab. Life was good. Like that, just little things like that. Like I would follow you up the hill into battle. Like I love stuff like that. And so 
it just tells me like, hey, man, I'm trying to win football games, but I'm also a decent human. So I am full speed ahead for Lamar. Um, but yeah, you know, his rushing is freakish, but he has looked like a passer this year. He passes first, you know, years past. He'll check down immediately run the football. Now he will sit in the pocket and throw a solid pass, but oh, but wait, he will still put you on your ass and run right by you. So I love the dude and I hope the best for the Ravens. Yeah. Good on you for this last week. I know you're, Lock didn't come through with Tennessee, but you were big on the Ravens on Monday Night Football, and they absolutely showed out. So good on you for for that pick. I was I was split between that one and you had it. Yep. Saturday night, may have drank a, a beer or two, a little Miller Lot, extra than maybe I normally would. And I was like, we're sending it, boys. I'm feeling it. I was vibing. I was in my way. And uh, I may or may not have bet my entire um, lot on them to cover and it panned out so i responsibly doubled, as you say all of yeah that's right doubled all of my units so there you go yeah so so speaking of the number five good transition uh whoever had freaking joe mixon in fantasy good on you five freaking oh my touchdowns. god that's also bananas insanity i mean it's you know it's it's been the curse of me this fantasy football season you know you're the ass, by the way. That I don't hold on. The teams I don't have Justin no. Jefferson in, I'm always playing Jeff, Justin Jefferson. And this week it was Joe Mixon. Uh, dude, I had I I put in I had uh I had freaking Justin Fields this week. Picked him up on waivers, started him 56 points, still lost that game, still lost my fantasy matchup. It's just been, you know, racked with injuries. Yeah, it's bad news bears. I'm middle of the road at best in most of my leagues. And then in one of my leagues, I'm dead last. If you play in 14, you might win one. I Stats. play in, I play in four and I Jeez. am last in one. Is it's it just because it's a dynasty one. Yes. It's the dynasty one. So the I'm the one that keep, has like a terrible punishment attached to it. Yeah. It's I'm going to keep like Hunter Renfro or some like bullshit like that. Yeah. It's great. You have to keep – well, we're going to vote on it, but the number is either like four, five, or six that you have to keep. Well, I'm betting for four because there is – I don't <laughs> think I have a – I don't think I have a fourth-round pick that's still in my team because they've either been destroyed, Keenan Allen, or kicked off the team, you know, Cam Akers or whatever. Gross. All right, last um, thing about last week before we move on to the future – my Buffalo Bills were were upset by another New York team, and that was a that was a bad loss. There was nothing cool about it. Um, hey, I may tend to pull for the Jets. I think their coach is a dude. I like he just seems like absolutely the guy. So if they weren't playing the Bills, I'd, I'd definitely be like, hey, yeah, go for it. I'm not sure how I feel about the quarterback yet. He needs a little bit of humble pie, but. Uh, Josh Allen may be injured, which could really just flip my fantasy on its head because, I, you know, I basically have half of the Bills offense on my fantasy roster. Uh, but that also could be a, a big hurt for the Bills going forward. Really, my question to you is, all three New York teams are looking pretty damn good this year, which is just a freak thing to say for the NFL. Who is the best New York team? Right now, I think 
I think it's the Bills 100%. Okay. I don't You're know. I know I know that the Jets got the win, but I, I just the Brees Hall being gone for the rest of the season is just Fair it's going to catch up to him and good on the Jets to pull together, you know, completely. I think they already hit their win total for the season already. So good on them on, you know, outperforming what everyone thought. But yeah, it's 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 still the Bills and a in in until and we'll see what Josh Allen's injury is, but until we see Josh Allen out for the season, then maybe we reconsider. But I, you know, Daniel Jones is great, but he's only great as long as he's not in prime time. The guy has literally never won a game on prime time. And then yeah. with the Jets, I think they're they're a great team. They're good against the spread, but they are just not. They're not the team that's going to get it done. So. I think, you know, the Bills have it all. Hopefully, hopefully Josh Allen isn't, he's just, you know, tweaked it. Maybe you can take a week off, but yeah. Okay, good answer. I like it. Moving on. Well, the last thing we didn't hit on was, oh, 1-0 divorce Tom Brady did hit 100,000 pass yards. So that's pretty cool. Good on him. I guess if you play for like 600 years, you're going to break all of the, the timely records, but that is pretty cool. There was a bunch of stuff on the internet that I thought was comical about not giving the ball to Mike Evans because of the last uh got the old drop skis. Yeah, there you go. So he you know. Uh but enough on last week's stats. Let's move into this week's shit show of a slate in the NFL. What are you watching? We're watching well, no matter what, but I don't know yeah. if it's gonna be good. Yeah, I think um I'll give you kind of the games that I think, and I've been pretty good in the NFL this week or this week, been pretty good in the NFL this season. And uh, <laughs> at this point, if you're listening, you're like, hold on a second. This some bitch has been drinking for about two and a half hours and I'm about to take betting advice from them. You're damn right. You are. All right, here we go. Thursday night. I like Atlanta. I don't, see how you don't like Atlanta here. Uh, you know, Carolina's pretty pretty bad. Atlanta has kind of they've snuck under the radar. If you're scared that they're gonna lose it, the the over is an easy play. 43 and a half. Hit that. These are, I these, think. are these are always bad for us because the show airs after Thursday night football. So you're riding to work and you know you're listening to our advice on Thursday night football and you're like Damn, these idiots are just way off the mark. Uh, next podcast. So, but you know, we still throw. Don't worry. Out there. But it's gonna hit this week. It's gonna hit. Um, and that my lock of the week, my lock of the week is Kansas City Chiefs bounce back after a very close game what where like they it. win. You know, at the last second against Tennessee, they bounce back against Jacksonville here. Back in Arrowhead, nine and a half to a Jacksonville team that is struggling. Um, they were much better at the beginning of the season. Now they've lost some consecutive games. I think Kansas City blows the doors off of them, two touchdowns or more. I think the nine and a half here at home is an easy one to lay. Oh, and I will say, I will say, teams this year, double digit dogs are like 52 and 17. Covering the spread, it's nine and a half 
folks. So it's under the, the two digits. You're good here. You're pulling that out of your ass. That's called Dave convincing himself that's a good bet. Well, no, nine I and a half. It's uh, I, I saw it on down the, here, folks. I saw it on the interwebs. I don't know. It's I, also it's also going to be cold in Kansas City this weekend. Jacksonville team coming up. They won't know how to play in it. Kansas City rolls. I mean, I said it. I don't like to bet on high digit, especially double digit spreads. Um, I don't disagree that that Casey bounces back. Um, Holmes is a freak. He threw like 63 times he threw the ball last week. He threw for like 400 and some change, almost 450, I think. Um, so he's not the problem. Is Can the guy that he's throwing to catch the damn football? So, yeah. But I don't think the Jaguars are as bad as you're maybe leading on. And I, I do agree that they've dropped two, but they're a better football team than we have said the Jacksonville Jaguars have been in the past. So I don't know. I, I'm going to avoid that one. Well, if you don't like that, then my follow-up would be Dallas Cowboys. You get one. Going to Lambeau. I think that's a, that's a, that's a Green Bay is, is reeling. I think that's an okay. play. At what point though, if Aaron Rodgers is the dude and one of the best quarterbacks of all time, at what point does he have his bounce back? Does he get in sync with his wide receivers, um, Lazard, Dobbs, et cetera, and then they they kind of get back on track? The, it does, I mean, does it happen? I, I don't think so, and this is why. He just went another trade deadline without Green Bay That's a finding the way to get a wide receiver. I think this guy is like, Fuck this. I am not putting my neck out there again against a Dallas defense that is going to be getting after that ass. I don't think that he wants to have anything to do with this. He's like, I have told you time and time again, get me a wide receiver. And we still don't have anything. And they can put all they want out about, oh, we tried to get, we tried to get Darren Waller for a tight end. We tried to get this guy. It doesn't matter. You didn't get it done, so you you weren't good enough, and now you're expecting him to go out with Lazard as your number one. Just it's not good enough, and I don't think he I don't think he wants any part of it. I do like your comment on the Dallas D. Obviously, he has been sacked more this year, at least from my eyes, than so many years past. Like, he doesn't look like the same quarterback. So, if they can pressure him and get him off, it doesn't matter how good Dallas's offense is rolling. If their defense shuts him down, I mean, that's that's a pretty good lock. I mean, and we have seen Dallas's defense do that time and time again this season. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I would probably take that over your last shitty bet. Mm. Well, you know, you got a couple of them. So, You'll see that I'm right with Thursday night. You'll see that I'm right with the Chiefs, and you see I'm right with the Cowboys. So, all right. The assertiveness there. I like it. Look, when in doubt, be more aggressive. Out. Oh, okay. All well, right. that's the, you know, there have been some people that have chosen. Brett Favre, for example, has chosen that idea. Doesn't necessarily pay off for you in the end. But let me tell you what does pay off for you in the end. All right. When life 
you know, life sometimes sometimes throws you curveballs, right? But sometimes it also gives you a softball just to see if you're still paying attention so you can knock it out of the park. Kate Upton, this last weekend, was handed a softball, tossed a little softball. Uh, in her interview with her husband, Justin Verlander, following the Astros win, oh, by the way, something we haven't covered, at all. Mattress, Mattress Mac just won the biggest sports bet in all of all time. $75 million he won yeah. on the Astros. Good on you, Mattress Mac. If you ever want to be on the podcast, we will give you a huge segment to just give us your wisdom. I thought you were going to talk about the Astros winning and how we haven't covered baseball or the World Series at all. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. No, we haven't touched it. We were talking about sports betting so honestly on this podcast that'll probably give the nod to baseball neither here nor there but carry on yeah so post-game interview Verlander Kate Upton's there and she's asked hey you know when do you want your husband to retire like isn't should in this his last ring and some of it may have been a jest but she absolutely recognized for what it was and she crusted and she was just like, Oh, I support my husband 100%. I just want him to do what he loves and play the sport that he loves. He can play it indefinitely and absolutely buries Giselle in this post game interview. So the safety brief this week, folks is life may throw you a bunch of curveballs, and you got to look out for them. But when it throws you the old beach ball right across the center of the plate, you better crush that bitch. You got to be ready. All right, last bit. I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep you reeling here. Let's not forget this weekend is Veterans Day. Yep, Veterans Day for or for the Canadian or you know, British members of the Drink and Think Nation. This is also Remembrance Day. So go out there, have a good time. Uh, you know, remember that we are doing this to celebrate those that have served. This is not Memorial Day, you know, but go out there, have a good time, drink some beers, take Friday off. And as we always have said in the past, talk to your talk to your kids about what they think about what service means and what they think about service to this country means. And I think you'll be really surprised with what they say and it is good to school up the next generation of what they have today costs someone something and they should be cognizant of that. Super fair point, dude. And I'll, I'll leave it with this. Um, service doesn't mean you have to serve in the military. So many other big things that you can do to serve our country. Um, and a lot, honestly, as a veteran, a lot of those don't get the recognition they deserve. So service means a lot and yeah talk talk about it because yeah. uh our nation is depending on it so all right dude a lot of fun a lot of beers a lot of sports a lot That's of it. life we'll see you later drink and think nation peace <laughs>